everyone welcome to the chica travel podcast my name is lelo b i'm so so happy that you have decided to join me yet again this week and for this week's episode i am talking to actress and tv host lala hirayama and we are going to east asia to talk about japan so this episode is just really 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 one of my favorites and purely because of just how amazing the information that she shares is and she's really really been generous with you know yeah giving us tips giving us advice in preparation for any future travel to japan so i hope you're ready to take notes because trust me you will need to be taking notes so enjoy this conversation with lala um and yeah hopefully we'll go to japan soon hello lala welcome to the chica travel podcast Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to be sharing the space with you. You know how much I love you. And it's uh, great to have a chat about all the things we're about to chat about. How has lockdown been treating you, though? Listen, without sounding too insensitive, you know, I think it is what you make it, right? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, um, there is a lot of negativity and there's a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have to be very sensitive to that. But at the same time, there's also a lot of resilience that we're seeing and just inspiration. And I'm looking at so many fantastic stories about how Mm -hmm. the human spirit is just unbreakable. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's been really inspiring and has inspired me to do quite a few things during this time so yeah i've got it i've got to be honest and say that i've been quite inspired by a lot of strong south africans during this time but anyway we are here to talk about japan and i'm so so excited (laughs) so before we get started um on japan itself i want to find out from you the first ever trip that you remember what where did you go Oh, wow. So I was living in Japan, right? Because I was born in Japan. So my Mm. first ever trip that I ever remember was when we went to Australia. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was our first trip, but I actually remember it quite vividly because it was the first time I saw snow. Wow. So... We, my uncle lives in Tasmania, which is like the bottom tiny island um, of Australia. It's like, it's like the little island that Australia pooped at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Explain Tasmania. But it is a beautiful, beautiful island. Mm-hmm. And we lived there for a while. But then we also traveled around. And I just remember seeing snow for the first time and wow. being in a snow sled and, and those great memories. I think uh, snow, you know, for a kid, never mind just people, but for a kid is just magic. Yeah. So I've been- enough to, to travel to some great places since then but my first trip ever will always stick out I think for everyone too. I absolutely does because it's always that first one that determines whether or not you become a traveler so what would you say is your relationship with travel today do you like travel is it something that you're like ah if I've got time I'll do it but not really a priority you know, I've never really met anyone who said, ah, traveling is not for me. I know, I know there are people out there, but it's very seldom that you find them because traveling is so addictive. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the one thing that really freaks people out is the flying. And I've got to be mm-hmm. honest, when I was younger, I didn't really mind so much because I flew a lot as a kid. Yeah. As I got older, and as you start going, oh my goodness, what if the plane goes down? What if there's something wrong with the, the, the wing? What if mm-hmm. something with the <laughs> And I think a lot of people, when it comes to traveling, that's what they're very worried about. Mm. But once you're able to get over that fear. So I remember when I was traveling a lot about three, four years ago, mm. I had to be on an airplane, an international flight. I mean, at least every three to four weeks. Sure. And 
uh, yeah, no, and I and I remember having to go see a psychologist for it because I knew that I to get over this fear and not only just mm-hmm. get over the fear i had to now start loving to learn how to fly or loving the flying element of travel mm-hmm. and once you start turning those things into like instead of going i just need to conquer that fear go yeah. no i don't need to just conquer it i need to embrace it and completely just a- allow it to consume me and want to do it do it more and more and more mm-hmm. anyway it's a kind of long story short i gotta be honest it does help to fly business class <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. And once you get it, you get a taste. You don't want to go back to economy. But yeah, yes. we like the nice life, right? The soft <laughs> life. But at the end of the day, yes, I think traveling, the relationship to go back to your first question, <laughs> the travel element is obviously a big part of my life. I yeah. love it to go and explore the world. I think it's our birthright. I think a lot of people you know, will perceive travel uh, differently to the way I perceive it. But mm-hmm. we are all here on this earth to enjoy and to share and to experience everyone's cultures. Mm-hmm. And instead of being very egotistical about, oh, well, you know, uh, we're better than you or, you, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to conquer you and we want your land. And it's about about actually just embracing each other's cultures and mm. learning and honestly just being really curious and you know open to other people's ways of life and I think travel allows you to do that opens your 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 mind and your horizons mm-hmm. and you start to realize that the things that we think are so important there's a whole world community a global community mm. with, you know very similar issues that you start realizing hey I'm not alone that you know, is there so are- so true sure I think that's Wonderful life lesson. Yeah. And you know, earlier on, you said um, that you don't really get people or there are a few people who would say that uh, they are not into travel and all of that. I was mm-hmm. once in a relationship and I knew it was over when one day he, I asked him, uh, what is the one place that he would really, really love to visit? And he said, no, he doesn't like travel. I knew then. What? <laughs> I was like, um, okay, no, this relationship is not going anywhere. <laughs> Bye. Thank like, you. Uh, <laughs> next. <laughs> next. <laughs> yeah, so no, uh, there are people like that, uh, but I don't know how yeah. they live. So, so, so Lala, back to Japan or on to Japan. Mm-hmm. Which part of Japan is your family from? Not that I know uh, <laughs> all the different areas, <laughs> but I think that's a starting point. So, you know, Japan is a series of islands. There's you know, four main islands. Yeah. Um, but, and I come from the su- southernmost island, which is called, uh, it's called Kyushu. Mm-hmm. And right at the bottom of that specific island, right at the bottom is um, Kagoshima. It's like uh, our province or prefecture, as they call it in Japan. And we come from a little tiny farming town called Kanoya. Like we are in the homelands of Japan. You understand? Like it is just... Makaya. <laughs> exactly it's like going home 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 like proper proper homeland but um it's so it's so beautiful even though it's it literally smells like um it smells like a farm mm. but the people i've got to be honest like you know they always say in the cities people are aren't as warm as they are the further you go out look in japan when you go to tokyo you're going to see just the most amazing warmth and hospitality and people wow. are so willing to help out and even if you can't speak a word of english people will drop everything to help you and this wow. is a story that i'm sure many people have heard from japan and from so many different people because it's just their way of life mm-hmm. but when you go down to kagoshima you know people People are so simple. It's 
there's such a beauty in the way that the cities are very complicated and complex with the technology yeah. as well as the traditions. But when you go into the homelands, it's just so rich in tradition. Yeah. Um, and there's so many traditional and um, old school cultural um, things that they still carry out today, even mm. in 2021. And I think it's it's really taught me that, you know, when, I, when I'm with friends in South Africa, we talk about things like, you know, burning people. We talk about speaking mm. to your ancestors. We talk about those things. And it's funny how it's so taboo in South Africa in a lot of places, especially like in the north or, you know, with the cool kids. Yes. Because no, we don't do such things. But, you know, when you look at a country like Japan who embraces it fully because wow. not is it just about oh you know i've got to do this for my ancestors it's the way of life there mm-hmm. is no other way so we won't let any other culture come in and tell us who we are or mm-hmm. what we're about or what we should believe no we're doing it what what our ancestors have been doing for centuries even though yes times are changing mm-hmm. we've now got crazy technology and all these amazing things that makes our lives better but we don't forget the the roots the culture the heritage and I think that's what makes Japan so beautiful and stands out so much because they're able to embrace both. And that is okay to do mm. that. You know, it's really, it's a really beautiful way of life. That is so, so amazing. Oh, it, you're making me want to go to visit. <laughs> yes, good. Yes, so, good. I mean, talking about growing up um, in Japan, what would you say is your fondest uh, memory? What comes mm. to mind? You know what I really, really love in Japan? So Mm -hmm. if you ever find yourself in Japan during uh, New Year's, Mm -hmm. you'll be very lucky. It's very cold, though, because obviously it's winter. And they really know how to celebrate, like, in December. So there's also a very heavy Western influence in the sense that, you know, there's also, like, in the cities, there's quite a bit of commercial stuff. So you'll see a lot of, like, Christmas lights. And, you know, they do the Christmas tree thing in it. And they embrace that. But Mm -hmm. um we also don't forget about our culture and what we do on New Year's. So everybody will have New Year's dinner. You eat um, what they call a, a it's like soba, which is a long noodle. Mm. And every household in Japan eats it on the, the last night of the year. And the reason we do that is for a long life. So everyone, because wow. it's a long noodle. So you eat that. Oh, and everyone wow. eats that and then families all hang out and drink and mm. you know listen to each other tell stories and then just before midnight everybody walks they don't drive they <gasps> walk to a shrine and the all the whole street, this is like 11 30 at night there are wow. kids in kimonos and you kind of traditional wear and mm. it's all bright colors and they've got like beautiful trinkets in their hair and the lights, the, the streets are lined with these big lanterns wow. and they've got food and beautiful shopping stalls all lining the road to going to the shrine and there's shrines everywhere. So every, like, it's just incredible. And everyone goes to the shrine to make a donation and to pray for what you want for the new year. Oh man, that is so and it's just, oh, it's hundreds of people, just hundreds, all walking and eating delicious food. And you say, oh, the vibe. And people are playing the drums and the shamisen, and people are singing. And it's just, oh, man. how cold is it? Because <laughs> oh, depending on where you go, it's freezing. Oh. <laughs> but you don't feel it because it's incredible. It's just yeah. um, it's so invigorating and it, it makes you feel like you're part of something. And when people embrace who they are, mm. you can't help, but even if you're not part of that culture, you can't help but 
stare in awe and you can't help but respect them and their way of choosing to be, mm. choosing to live their lives. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people who visited Japan will be able to explain that maybe even better than me. But it, <laughs> no, um, trust me, you've made me want to go. And I don't like winter, <laughs> but I'm thinking I want to experience everything that you just described now. So, oh, <laughs> so beautiful. wow. Mm-hmm. And um, what, what, in your opinion, would you say is, you know, the best part about Japanese culture? I know you've kind of mentioned uh, snippets here, mm-hmm. but what would you say is, is the best part? You. you know, I think it really just boils down to kindness. Mm-hmm. The Japanese people have such a beauty in the things that they, um, in the in the way in which they live their lives. And that doesn't just mean about themselves. It means that they have a kindness towards other people. Yeah. Um, when they are, you know, it, it's funny. When you live, especially in, say, a country like a westernized country, we could, you know, even say South Africa or America um, and England, everything is so me, me, me. I've got to make sure that I'm not late mm-hmm. and, yada, yada, and I've got to get in that line and I've got to make sure that I can cut in front of this guy. So that. And in Japan, it's always about the next person. And it wow. sounds bizarre. And you're like, okay, listen, I can't live like that. But once you actually go there and you're able to stay there for just a few days, you actually fall into this very natural rhythm. Mm-hmm. And you start looking around going, oh my gosh, this is actually how human beings are supposed to live. Wow. Because when somebody falls, you don't just walk away and act like nothing's happened. You it's not drop something. Mm-hmm. You help. Like It's like this. I mean, you don't even think twice about it. Someone left a cell phone on the train that I was on and the, the doors had opened and the guy had left and someone bolted, took the phone, bolted and missed the, and missed getting back on the train. But oh what that showed me was that you will rather risk, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you got to do to help somebody else, but someone else will help you. So it's almost like a pay it forward, but just like immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a pay it forward. Like I'm going to do something nice and maybe in like, you know, a day or two, somebody will yeah. do something nice. To me. It's literally something that, you know, anything that, you know, if, if you have an issue that someone else will try and help you. And that for me, it was just, it was mind boggling. Also, what's really interesting is that I was at a train station and I was sitting on a bench and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as a South African, you're always kind of alert, right? Yeah, I love South Africa. <laughs> alert, you know, and you've always yeah. got to think, okay, when people come up to you, you've got to, um, like even my dogs agree. <laughs> 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 But you've always got to make sure, right? And, and, and if someone comes up to you, you've got to make sure like, oh, you know, um, I've just got to protect myself or yeah. do, is it safe? In Watch Japan, out. I was yeah, right? Uh, but I mean, that's like that in America as well or Europe. Mm. And when I was sitting on a bench and there was a, a gentleman that came next to me and he looked over and, and because I don't look 100% Japanese, he didn't speak it, he didn't say anything to me. But he looked over and I looked at him and I thought, oh dear, Maybe he wants something like maybe he wants money or, you know, I, I, I was a little bit um, skeptical, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're just conditioned that way, especially when you're traveling. And the next, he just handed me a bottle. He just asked me to open it. Something so innocent and something so, um, you know, it just, it was just like a, hey, human, I'm a human. Do you mind yes, helping me? It was just open so this. cute. And I felt so guilty because I had been conditioned were, mm-hmm. to be to so suspect something is off. Right. So, mm. But in Japan, you I mean, you never have to suspect anything negative wow. because there's, you don't find, I mean, it, it, Tokyo is the safest city in the world. <sighs> and I think Osaka is the third safest city in the world. Like it's, I mean, you'll see kids 
with their school uniforms and they are on a bus or they're catching a taxi at like 10.30 at night because they have band practice. I mean, oh kids work word. really hard. Um, so they're at school and practice and all sorts of things until all hours of the night. But it's just amazing to see. You never have to worry. And um, so, I'm sorry, I gave you so many things no, that but I love. It's good. Yeah. It's good. It's really, really all good. And I mean, you mentioning Tokyo, mentioning Osaka, and I'm thinking, so if, I mean, for someone who's never been to Japan and I'm thinking of going, what, mm. where would I start? Oh my, where would you start? <laughs> and I only you have know, 10 you... days. I only have 10 days that I'm thinking of going there. Where... So look, Japan is so diverse in the sense that every part of Japan has something to offer. Mm-hmm. Up north, there's the snow. So if you're going like in perhaps winter or spring, going up north is incredible because it is, ex- it's just, I mean, uh, meters and meters deep of snow. And the houses look like little Smurf houses wow. because they're all covered in snow and they all kind of hang low. It's, it's, it's really, really sweet. Yeah. Um, and you can do great things in Hokkaido. The food is incredible. They're known for their beef. They're known for their milk products, mm. their dairy products. Some of the creamiest dairy products you'll ever taste in your life is up north. Mm. And it's it, uh, Hokkaido, which is the island, the northern island. Okay. If you go down to um, Kyushu, where I come from, it's tropical, super tropical down in Kagoshima. Oh. So there's palm trees and beaches. And oh, that sounds to- more like my vibe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's things like onsen, which is the uh, spring, the volcanic spring baths, these natural baths Mm. that if you go in there, you feel your skin after just five minutes and you've never felt your skin like that because it's all this incredible minerals from from the volcano. And it infiltrates your skin because obviously your skin's super warm because the the water is really, really hot. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And you you can lose weight. You feel better. You you don't have headaches anymore. It's just, it's so therapeutic. They even get you to sit in the sand because there's volcanic sand and it's really hot underneath. And it draws all the toxins out of your skin. I tell you something, it is the most incredible therapy. <laughs> and you're literally it's on the beach like staring at the sea. They wrap you up and they put a little umbrella over your head, and then the, your whole body from your neck down is buried in this beach sand on the beach. And oh it's like God. black beach sand because it's got all the volcanic ash, all the minerals. And it's so this place is called Ibuski. And Ibuski. after that, Ibuski. And then you yeah. go into this beautiful hotel area. You can go, go and get some beers and you just come out of this really incredibly, like you feel so warm and fuzzy inside and you eat like amazing food. I mean, if you're not into fish, that's okay. They've got beef, the most incredible beef mm. in the world. Kagoshima and Kobe beef melts in your mouth. Or fish oh my God. It's incredible. Then if you go further down South, there is a tiny little Island, tiny, tiny called Okinawa. Mm. Okinawa is like Hawaii, like bl- crystal blue, see-through beaches, Okinawa. like a uh, sea. Mm-hmm. Okinawa, yeah. and it, it it is it it doesn't look real. It doesn't look real. It is incredible. And Okinawa is where um, s- some of the oldest people in the world live. So I think they call it a blue area. Mm-hmm. which basically means I think there's one in Insuli and in Okinawa is one of them where, I mean, I think there's a soccer team made up of gogos who are like over a hundred. Oh, my. <laughs> and they're running around playing soccer. I'm on Google now checking the pictures. Oh, my oh, word. taking a look. It's incredible. You have to do yourself a favor. You uh, cannot go to Japan without going to Okinawa. It's just, it's heavenly. 
So, and the food is incredible. The people are beautiful. They are very well known for the way in which they sing. They sing like they mimic the whales mm. because there's a lot of whales in that area. So the women sing like whales. Listen, it's just like it's. <laughs> I hope. Uh, do we need a visa for Japan? I actually don't know. I hope the visa. Yeah, you do. You do need a visa. Okay. okay. Uh, but of course, you know the Japanese embassy will make sure that you know you. Awesome. You you mentioned a bit about the food. Now tell me about the food. You mm. are making me want to go and just try beef. What else? What else? What else should I try when so, when you're there? Look, whatever you do, you've got to try the street food in Japan. Street mm. food is such a big part of Japanese culture because, like I said, during New Year's, there's always you know little stalls lining the street, and you can yeah. find it's it's not scary. I think a lot of people go, oh, Asia, so you're thinking like some crazy food and stuff. And and sure, there is some stuff that's out there, but the for, for the most part, I mean, it's delicious. You'll find from beef and chicken and fish and prawns and <sighs> oh my goodness, and just the sauces. I mean, Japanese food is known to be very healthy. Yes. It's known quite light it's known to be tasty with it's delicate food japanese mm-hmm. food is known to be quite delicate it's not heavy laden mm-hmm. with sauces i think in south africa when they start making sushi it's just all this mayo and all these yeah sauces. all sorts <laughs> and it's so not what real japanese food is like mm-hmm. um so when you go to japan you'll actually really be able to taste and appreciate each different flavor the flavor profiles are very different in japan and so are the textures in japan um if you're a foodie you'll i mean <laughs> you'll be in paradise oh um God. i think there is so many that i think there's the most michelin star restaurants really in, I, I might be wrong but yeah. I, I do remember reading there's that quite a lot of them yeah there's just i mean everything that the japanese do is an art and food is definitely mm. not excluded so um it's definitely worth the trip if you're big into your cuisine mm. Lala, you are selling mm. place like dessert that. actually <laughs> if you have to just know that you need to buy one size bigger when you go shopping because you're going oh. to come back. Yes, Japanese food is healthy, but if you're a sweet toothed person like me, that you have no chance. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> have the best desserts. I have the best gelato, the best cakes. This oh my gosh! But food is everything. Wherever you go, food stores are not like how they are here in Japan. Everything. A delicacy. So every mm. store specializes in something and they take such pride in it. So if you're good at, say, cakes or like a specific type of cake, that's what the store will sell. You know, I mean, there are other stores that do more things, but you'll find a lot of these specialized stores where they only do a few things. And that's, I mean, they take that concept and they run with it. And I think Japanese are known to be those kinds of people. They specialize in one thing and they perfect it until they are the best in the world. And I think that's oh. why the Japanese have been able to be as successful as they are. Wow, wow, wow. When are you going? I want to go with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to come. It always helps going with a local. I Listen, think if so. Kawana decides to leave us, then we must make a plan. But yeah, honestly, he wants to experience... Um, a different way of living life, a different way of seeing life, appreciating life, the way in which they appreciate their work. You know, a lot of the time we like to complain. It's so difficult to find people in Japan that complain a lot, mm-hmm. which is very strange. You know, they've come out of a war where they were 
basically, you know, I mean, 1945, what Tokyo looked like to what Tokyo looks like now. It's just, and you know, it wasn't because people were complaining and fighting each other. They were like, all right, this is our issue. We need to fix this. What is it? that right and everyone felt a responsibility in which you know they were like okay i can play this role it might not be a lot but at least it will help and now it's one of the biggest economies it's one of the strongest um countries when it comes to import and exporting Mm -hmm. it's just um you know a phenomenal place where it also allows its people to be looked after the japanese really look after their people uh, from education to healthcare um, to skills. And then also what's amazing about Japan is that they really help other countries. Mm -hmm. So there are some phenomenal projects that uh, Japan are actually running here in Africa and more specifically South Africa. Mm -hmm. They've, you know, the Abe program where they're actually, you know, allowing a thousand people from Africa to get a free MBA. And not only that, but games. Wow. Um, they're also with um, JICA, the Japanese International Cooperations Agency. What they're doing is they're taking people with skills, um, be it in um, agriculture, be mm. it in electronics, be it in all these very specific industries. And they're bringing these, these incredible um, uh, skilled people from Japan and sending them to South Africa and Angola and Tanzania and all over the world, actually, where they're developing countries where they really need to learn certain skills but aren't mm-hmm. able to acquire them because they don't have the, the funds or the resources. So they're sending people to South Africa and we have people in the Northwest, Mpumalanga, Limpopo we have a lot of these guys who come and stay here for two, three years mm-hmm. um, and, it, and they're all, um, this is all volunteer work so these people are actually volunteering their lives mm-hmm. to come and teach people in South Africa, how to be farmers, how to draw water out of a borehole, how to use certain systems, how to use certain, how to build certain things and giving South Africans the skills. So Japanese people aren't just about building themselves, but also trying to help. Also helping, yes. They feel, I think I read a lot um, about how the Japanese feel that they have a social responsibility to the global community because they're a first world country, but they weren't born a first world country. You know, they really worked to get there. Mm. Sure. Listen, I'm listening to you speak about Japan and I'm like, would I speak this passionately and, uh, you know, about South Africa and do I know as much about that? And I'm like, yo, I, I need to read. <laughs> You're putting me to shame, sister. <laughs> no. Not at all. Not at no, all. man. I think uh, your, your mom, where is your mom? Is your mom here or? My mom is here. Yes, yeah, she actually um, she works for uh, one of the Japanese organizations. Uh-huh, so okay. I get to hear a lot about all the you know the work that they do. But the Japanese yes. are also quite humble about it, so they mm. don't really push that story because they don't really you know even just you know just the smallest of things. Um, they you know they kind of play it down. They're like no no no. Even when it comes to big things, oh my god, they don't want people to know. Um, there's just a very uh, incredible humbleness to mm. the way in which Japanese people do things. So, um, but I yeah, love this. I love but this. I, I'm not humble about what my Japanese, you know, can <laughs> So I will tell and scream from the rooftops. <laughs> oh, you! I think you absolutely should. I mean, from what you've just described, you know, through listening to you, it's really, really it really does sound like an amazing, amazing place. And I think I'm gonna plan a Chika travel trip to Japan as soon as this COVID mm. thing is over. I would really, but it, it will be in summer, definitely not in winter, because I'm not a, a winter girl. Oh, so. If you ever go in summer, 
try go in about March, March, April, okay. into March. And the reason being is it's spring, so it'll be warm. Uh, mm. It'll have a little bit of a chill, but the reason being is because there's the cherry blossoms. <gasps> and one yes. of the big things in Japan, one of the biggest calling cards is uh, springtime cherry blossom season. Oh. So it doesn't last very long. You, it, it's about a week. So you've got to really plan in advance. Get the timing right. Get the timing right, mm. and people go into the and just the whole country is just cherry blossoms, and they last for a day, so they fall. But obviously, it's it's continuous for a couple of days. They don't all blossom at the same time. But people then go into the parks, and we call it hanami, which means looking at the flowers, I suppose in direct translation. But people will be in the parks; they'll be playing the Japanese harp, and the kids are running around, and they're eating like there's picnics, and everyone's just in the parks or on the side sidewalks eating their Little rice balls and their little fish and oh desserts and while the cherry blossoms are falling on your head, it's just like it's it's like a movie. It's not oh, real. It sounds amazing. It's oh, beautiful. Mm, it's okay, so, so you say around March, but I guess just to check when end is that happening? March, mm. Yeah, end of March or beginning of April. Just some year, sometimes the it, it, depending on the year because of the weather, sometimes they'll a flower one week later or one week earlier. Mm. So you just got to plan. If you can do two weeks, try and cover as much of those those two possible weeks that they blossom. But believe you me, it will be so worth it. So worth the effort. Awesome. And then the one thing that I should pack if I'm visiting mm-hmm. Japan, what should I not leave behind? <laughs> Look, you know, it's so difficult. Um, when it comes to, you know, speaking and, and, and that kind of thing, it's always great if you can just pack a little Japanese phrase book. It always ah. helps. Um, yeah, I know we have Google and that kind of thing. But, you know, in case your your battery is off, because you're probably going to be on Google Maps and Waze all mm-hmm. the time. So just to have a little, you know, a book that can help. Uh, but the, I think the most important thing is cash. So in Japan, most places actually don't accept cards, which mm-hmm. is weird. Big places like big plazas or big shopping malls will accept cards. But for the most part, about 70% of Japan is actually cash-based. And a lot of foreigners don't know that when they go there, so they don't they don't actually change their their they don't actually decide to, to have like physical money. But the one thing I can say, guys, please, when you go to Japan, always have cash. Okay, that's a good tip to uh, to have. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you so much. So um, the one word because you were mentioning yeah. a phrase book. That I should, mm-hmm. uh, I should, you know, carry with me. So, I mean, if people don't want a, a phrase, a, an actual physical book, there are apps. Mm-hmm. I guess that one can, you know, download to kind of learn the phrases. Okay. But what is the one phrase that I should um, definitely learn if I'm visiting? That is I'm going to give you three because three, these three words, if you know these three words, you'll be okay in Japan. And the reason being is Japanese people. Um, really appreciate when someone is humble okay so as soon as you become arrogant so gaijin as we call it are foreigners and foreigners who are very loud obnoxious they don't try they're very um because japan everyone is very considerate towards each other but if you have someone who comes from a different culture who doesn't really who tries to like act as if he's running the place Mm. they become a little not that they become rude they become distant they kind of separate from you. They don't want to talk to you. They don't want to interact with you. They just leave you alone. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to say, Suimasen, 
which means excuse me. If ever you want to ask somebody something or you need some help, or if you bump into somebody, you say, Sumasen. Sumasen, which is excuse me. And it's very polite. You probably will use this word if you live in Japan or if you visit Japan, you will at least use this word a hundred times. No joke. It sounds ridiculous, but because you're always in a very busy, crowded places, um, especially if you're in like a city, you will bump or by accident, you know, or need somebody's help or whatever the case is, or if you need to get someone's attention. Mm-hmm. The next word is arigato. And that, of course, is thank you. And it is so important. Yes. Arigato gozaimasu is a very polite form but i mean for someone who is new in japan you don't have to learn that that's okay as long as you're trying and arigato is just thank you so you can thank people if they help you or thank people after you know you pay money and that whatever they are they're the cashier or whatever the case is the next word is gomenasai gomenasai okay gomenasai, and that means sorry so if you have it, so usually sumasen and gomenasai go together. So excuse me, I'm so sorry. So sumasen is excuse me and gomenasai is I'm sorry. And those three words, I promise you, will save you like so much time and effort and issues if you can just learn those three words. <laughs> wow. Okay. Thank you, Lala. I love, love, love what you say. You sound like you love this place. Well, you don't sound like you love this place. Obviously, you love this place. I can just hear it. <laughs> when was yes. the last time? I know we can't really travel now because of lockdown and everything. But when was the last time you went? And what, what, what do you remember about that last trip? So my last trip, I was in Japan. I was there for the Rugby World Cup. So that was 2019. I was there for uh, two and a half months. Wow. It was thick. Mm-hmm. Spectacular. The energy, the chias, the people, the, you know, South African contingency was quite small compared to the rest of the uh, people, countries that came through to see the rugby. But yeah. my goodness, it was so beautiful to see. It was such a full circle for me to see, you know, my two countries. Um, Japan and South Africa, South Africa winning one of, you know, something that meant so much to us and that was needed at such a, you know, imperative time. Mm. And the way the Japanese had embraced South Africa was just, it was so heartwarming and almost tear jerking because Mm. I think the Japanese understood in a way Mm. um, how, how important this title, this cup was to South Africa. So, you know, I was sitting, I remember I was sitting at the final and there was a lady, I mean, she was a Japanese woman, but like head to toe in just springbuck gear, South African flag. When we when we won the World Cup and everyone was crying, the Japanese were there hugging us and jumping for joy. And everywhere we walked, <sighs> they just shook our hands. They just wanted to shake our hands mm. and say, congratulations, we were behind you. And it was just so warm. And, you know, I mean... The Japanese are a very warm people, but just to see, to see the, the the level of understanding mm. and I think a lot of the Japanese also were kind of rooting for South Africa. A lot of them had done a lot of um, reading up on, on South Africa and what was happening in the country. And um, yeah, I think they... So now, they now Lala, we know, we know where you get your warmth from, hey? Oh, stop it. Stop it. Listen, I don't even think I do these people justice. I've got to be honest. Wait until you go there. It's honestly, it's like a movie. <laughs> you, oh, okay. It's something you can't even, you know, really uh, uh, express through words. Yeah. yeah so, 
Listen, man, thank you so, so much for everything that you shared. I think you've sold. I mean, that was not the, the intention. I really just wanted you to tell us about it so we could learn. But I think you've just really, really sold it and did a beautiful job of, you know, just um, pick, picking our interests in terms of to say, go and explore and see. And I was actually asking you when we were offline about that busy interaction. Um, what did you say? It's in, it's in uh, Tokyo. What, what they call intersection, it? yes, Shibuya. So the busiest intersection in the world in Tokyo is in Tokyo, and it's called mm. Shibuya Intersection. Um, and I don't know if you've seen the movie Hachiko, which um, was then westernized. It's a Japanese story, uh, and Richard Gere plays the, the main lead. But the Hachiko, the actual dog statue, is in Shibuya. Mm. So you'll see it. If you've seen the movie, you've probably, you know, somehow just kind of uh, resonated with you or touched you in some sort of way, and you'll yeah. see. The Hachiko statue there. Also, the busiest train station in the world is just a couple of stops away called Shibuya, um, Shinjuku, Shinjuku uh, train station. Um, and that's also the, the stores there are fantastic. But speaking mm-hmm. of stores, if you love shopping, yes. you cannot go wrong in Japan. You cannot go wrong in Tokyo. Just whatever you do, pack light or don't pack at all. Take and an buy from the and just go crazy because I mean, from not only just cosmetics, but the clothing, the quality, the mm. style, the, the swag, the mm. shoes, the oh man, the accessories. And I mean, like I said, there are just so many speciality stores. I mean, the the threads there are next level, next wow. level. You'll never find anything like it. The department stores are ridiculous. The name brands. I mean, things that you've never even heard of that are supposedly like huge globally because we live in South Africa. We don't really know. But yeah. there's this whole world of these big name brands. Um, and then technology. There's a place called Akihabara. Akihabara is known as the technology hub of Japan, of, of Tokyo. So every single store is just more and more technology, cheaper, bigger, better, mm. doing more things. Um, Sega, Sony, everything is there. It's Akihabara is just the place to go. If you want electronics, obviously we all know Japan is Number ahead of one. its time. Yeah. <laughs> and you want to find yourself. So there's just a lot. And, you know, you can go down to Kyoto where it's all the temples and, you know, the old imperial um, uh, homes. The emperor used to live there. Mm-hmm. You can go feed the deers at the temple. The deers come to you at the beautiful temple. And they're, oh, oh my goodness. My word. The t- maple trees go different colors like fire. So the whole, mm. like everywhere you go, it just like, it looks like the trees are on fire because maple trees go like bright, bright orange and bright, bright yet red and brown. So everywhere you go, I mean, and every month there's a festival. Every mm. month there's a festival celebrating something. So when you go do your research, make sure you get to those festivals because I promise you it's an experience you won't ever find or get anywhere else in the world. And then the rent, uh, oh, how does it, I'm even scared to ask, you know, I'm just like, because you're talking about shopping and all these places I need to now go yeah, and yeah. see in Japan. Oh, I guess mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, so I'll, same. I'll, listen, the rent unfortunately <laughs> is the situation. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, so, so thank you. Can- yeah, but listen, you can travel on a budget. 
So don't feel like, oh, because I don't have the dough, I can't do the things I want to do. There are ways in which to work around that. One thing that's really big in Japan are capsule hotels where you actually can sleep in capsules as opposed Mm. to renting or, 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 you know, buying a hotel room for the night. And it's so cheap and it's clean and it's beautiful. And sure, there are like communal bathrooms. But listen, it's in a capsule. You have everything, your TV, you have your charging stations, you have lights, you have everything. So honestly, and it's it's separated girls and boys. Girls and boys can't sleep together. It's different floors. So just in case you think you and hubby can snuggle, you can't. (laughs) But if you're traveling as a pack of girls or a pack of guys, or you don't mind separating from your man for a few nights here and there, Mm -hmm. it really helps cut the cost. Plus, as a South African, here's another tip, guys. Um, There's a railway pass that you can buy in South Africa for Japan. So when you're in Japan cannot buy it you can only buy it from a, a foreign country it's only for foreigners and what you it, it's a jr pass so jr stands for japan rail mm-hmm. and they do trains and buses so if you get the full i mean if you're there for seven days or 14 days you buy for those many days you can take any train or any bus under jr uh, and if you buy the uh, slightly more expensive one you can do certain bullet trains so when i say certain there's different types of bullet trains because some bullet trains are faster than others but you didn't know that so the super 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 fast super luxury one you can't use but i think the one below that you can anywhere in japan so if you plan on traveling from the way up north to way down south even though they're different islands they go underwater so they're able to so you can travel the whole country for just that one price use all the buses use all the local transport and the bullet train if you buy that railway pass wow 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 best tip ever best tip ever i tell you i did that as well even though i'm japanese i was like i'm I'm gonna buy it from you (laughs) wow it's so great i promise you it saved me so much money and I never had to worry about a ticket. So awesome. That's perfect. So thank you so much, Lala. And I'm so I'm sorry for keeping you for so long. But Are you before- kidding me? I can do this all night. <laughs> <laughs> but before you go, I have to mm-hmm. ask you, you have a, a, a YouTube series sharing the sun, and that's also linked to Japan and South Africa. Tell us a bit about that, because that sounds interesting. Oh, wow. It really is. Sharing the sun is all about the incredible relationship between my two countries, Japan mm-hmm. and South Africa, two countries that I'm extremely passionate about. And funny enough, they are pretty, um, they're pretty passionate about each other. Japan loves South Africa. And I don't know if South Africans know this, but we have such a great history that Japan also loves, I mean, South Africa also loves Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is such great synergies between the two countries. We've worked on so many different um uh, projects to better, you know, South Africa and even Japan. There's been such wonderful um, relationships that have developed over the past 20 years. Mm. Um, and so this is really a show that explores that um, and shows South Africa that there are other options in Japan. Look, you know, this is what some incredible South Africans are doing over in Japan, what some mm. incredible Japanese are doing over in South Africa. You know, when you think about Japan, it seems so far away, mm. but it's actually pretty close in the sense that we have so much going be- going on between our two countries and uh, we are actually very very good friends and um yeah so we we're just really exploring that relationship and it's been really interesting i think south africans are also very interested in japanese culture from anime mm. to manga to the 
food and fashion to music. I mean, Nasty C was in Japan. Yeah. He made some music in Japan. He made a documentary in Japan. Yeah. And um, there's been a lot of, like I said, a lot of interest from South African side. But not yeah. only that, a huge interest um, from the Japanese side about South Africa. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, it's please check it out. I think mm. you might be able to learn a thing or two as well. Yeah. Um, might not even know about you know essay as well so please 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 take a look at it it is on the um on our youtube channel and uh japan it's called, sharing the sun. It's called sharing the sun japan in, in essay youtube channel mm. uh, we've got quite a few episodes up there already and quite a few more to be released so please please i i think i'm definitely gonna go and check and watch that um lala i mean after what you've just explained now about japan i'm really yeah. really curious and i think for someone who's thinking of of going but they don't really know much it's a nice you know kind of introduction okay this is these are the relations between us and them this is what we're doing and uh it, it, it kind of brings it closer because you also mentioned that it sounds like it's a place that's far and i think that's probably why it has not been on my travel radar because i'm ah, japan sounds like it's so so far but it, this brings it closer absolutely oh i'm so glad to hear that so please <laughs> let me go through. i will hook you up girl no oh, worries listen yeah. i'm like lala i want my itinerary what what should i do on all of but i think you've given us a, 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 like really really helpful tips so just you know nice info for us to start off with that plan sure thank you so much miss Lelo b it's been excellent <laughs> Pleasure chatting to you. So, so amazing. Thank you so much. And I guess we'll be watching you on Sharing the Sun. And when you do go again, I want to be in your bag, please. Watch you anytime. <laughs> <laughs> also, thank you so much, Lala. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We will catch up again next week. But in the meantime, if you listen on Apple, please leave a review and comment. It helps other people find the podcast as well if you do that. So I appreciate that very much. And also you can find us on social media at Chica Travel Pod, hashtag Chica Travel Pod. Until next week, goodbye.